Hey everybody, Rich here. I just wanted to interrupt the beginning of your podcast, and I'm really sorry for this, by the way. I, I'll be as quick as I can, but I ramble. I'm doing it already. Um, I just wanted to let you know that in the build-up to Christmas, we're having a bit of a fundraiser. I'd like to add some things to the website that are going to cost some money and uh, update some equipment and replace some equipment that's come to the end of its life, that sort of thing. If there's anything at all you can do to help us out, uh, please visit paypal.me slash simply syndicated and anything at all is very helpful and extremely appreciated i really am sorry to interrupt your podcast for stuff like this but this you have to do this from time to time people tell me i i don't do enough of this stuff and i i just feel awkward i'm i'm doing the rambling thing i'm nearly up to a minute now you just wanted a podcast and i'm i'm doing this but anyway paypal.me slash simply syndicated thank you merry christmas enjoy the show whatever it is i don't know i'm sticking this on everything shut up rich see you later bye Hello, welcome to Remote Patrol. Oh boy, we're back with episode 6, Double Identity, November 8th, 1965. Hello, I'm Rich, Scott's here too. Yes, I am. And we're going to talk Double Identity, starring Scott Bakula and Dean Stockwell, which might come as a surprise to some of you. (laughs) Uh, in this episode, Sam leaps into a mafia hitman who may not live long since he's romancing the Godfather's girlfriend. That's a wonderful way of putting that. Also, in an attempt to bring Sam home causes the 1965 East Coast blackout. And you, you have to hate when that happens. Oh, I loathe it when that happens. You just I want to go home. I out an entire seaboard. It's such a pain in the ass. Did it really happen? Was it a thing? Did we have this conversation? We should say we, we attempted to record a show yesterday and then in what became the great British telecom fail of 2016, uh, it, it became impossible to continue with our conversation. But I seem to remember asking if the East Coast blackout was a, 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 a famous thing. Mm-hmm. Yes, this is another example of Quantum Leap um, uh, folding real world events and or people into the storyline. Um, we got this recently with uh, the inclusion of Buddy Holly as a character in an episode. Yeah. Um, and the, uh, the Watergate scandal being mentioned in another previous episode. This is yet another example of that. Um, the blackout was real and uh, the show would have us believe that um this particular blackout was caused by a hairdryer being plugged into an exterior uh, power outlet of a frat house. Well, that can happen, you know. Uh, yeah, I'm actually I found it here. The Great Northeast Blackout of 1965, mm-hmm. November 9th, 1965. Does that even tie in? Yes, it does as well. It's the next day. <laughs> oh, that's very clever. The largest blackout in history occurred. The Northeast Power... I keep setting off Siri on my iPad. 
Uh, the Northeast power system broke up four seconds after the initial disturbance, and 30 million people were without electricity for as long as 13 hours. Later that day, President Lyndon Johnson wrote to the chairman of the Federal Power Commission and said, Oi, pack it in. Sort this shit out now. This is this is not good enough. And the unquote. The, unquote. <laughs> um started in the Ontario New York border area near Niagara Falls. There you go. Uh <clears throat> they no it took two and a half seconds. Uh five other transmission lines became over- overloaded and tripped isolating 1800 megawatts of generation at Niagara Station. This is all fascinating, but it's wrong. It was caused by Sam Beckett. Yeah, I don't know how the how the history books can get it so wrong. Thank goodness we have Quantum Leap to to set us right. So they didn't, you know, not setting right one what once went wrong there, just giving us a different reason for clearly what once went wrong. I have trouble saying that sentence. Putting right what once went wrong. It's a tough one. And I'm a bit thick at the best of times. That's that's the other problem that we're facing here. Anyway, he's a mafia hitman. Mm-hmm. Uh, surrounded by uh, recognizable guest stars. <laughs> I recognize a lot of people, you know, but I'm kind of going through IMDb now, and I don't really know who any of them are. I don't know why I recognize a lot of them. Frankie's father was the uh, was it like um i think the lieutenant or the captain he was the uh the grumpy higher up uh, police officer in um the last boy scout see they don't help Such you and i it is isn't it if you do that one more time i'll kill you and he does <laughs> and you go yeah he said he was gonna bitch um the imdb don't help you out with who Sam has leaped into because his character name is always Dr. Sam Beckett. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't know, you know, when you were saying he's so-and-so's father, I thought, you know, you can work these things out from character surnames, but no, he's Dr. Sam Beckett. There's no help whatsoever. Right. Um, uh, so yeah, Frankie's dad was in uh, the last boy scout. Um, uh, Don Gino played by uh, Mike GVC or Gina VC. Um, uh, it shows up in 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 many things. You see him all over the place, especially in the eighties and the early nineties. Um, for for the, for the geeks out there that watched um, the original um, Flash television series from uh, nineteen ninety, I remember that. That was a good one. Mm-hmm. He was uh, Lieutenant Garfield. Don't he was, remember he that was the fl- He was the Flash's boss. Okay, on that show, and uh, Primo in this episode. Uh, Frankie slash Sam's brother, uh, played by Nick Cassavetes, uh, son of, um, uh, I guess you can say, uh, legendary Hollywood director John Cassavetes. But Nick Cassavetes is going to be probably most recognizable to people as the uh, bald criminal ally of Castor Troy in John Woo's Face Off. I don't recognize him at all. I need to find a picture of right. He's got thirty video, uh, thirty photos on IMDb. There must be mm. a picture of him in Face Off. There is not a now, picture in, of him in Face Off. Oh, wait, the big that? difference being he is absolutely not anywhere close to being bald on Quantum Leap because he has plenty of hair in this episode. And he has no hair in Face Off. But um, 
the scene that people will remember in Face Off, there will be there will be three moments that they will remember him from. Uh, one is he is talking with Nicolas Cage when we get that wonderful scene where they work the title into the film, where Nicolas Cage talks about how he wants to take his face face off, oh. <laughs> eyes and he's acting. Nose and, oh, it's coming off. He's acting. That's Nicolas Cage acting. It's it's a sight to behold. Yeah, it certainly so, is. There, there's that. There's um, going to be the scene where Nick Cassavetes' character gets shot in the throat and then makes out with his sister before sending her away so he can die. That's creepy. Um, and then closer to the beginning of the film when he's talking with uh, John Travolta, he just has that moment where he turns up to uh, the character of Sean Archer and says, Hey, Sean, how's your dead son? Oh, yeah. <laughs> he just starts laughing maniacally. It's fucked that. That's fucked up. I always forget how much I love that ridiculous movie. I've not seen it for ages, Face Off, because I know there's going to become a bit... You might have heard me talk about this on movies you should see at some point. I remember seeing Face Off at the cinema, and there was a moment where there was a collective groan from the audience. And there's a moment right near... No, it's before the boat chase. At the end of the film, in the church, I think, when you think the bad guy's been killed. They've really made it look like the bad guy has finally been killed. And then suddenly, his hand appears in shot on the top of the pew in the church. And at that point, the entire cinema went, (laughs) as if like, oh, it's not finished yet. Oh, for fuck's sake. Just, Just be dead, John Travolta, or whoever you are. Can't even remember which one is the bad guy anymore. At, at that point, the bad guy was uh, wearing John Travolta's face. So yes, right, okay. And and by then, by by that point in the film, everything had become so so overwrought that the audience is just tired. I mean, you're you're not going to get this tired in a John Woo film until you see Mission Impossible Two, which is not good. No, it is not good. All the action scenes take forever. None of them make sense. And then you get the moment at the end of the film where uh, Tom Cruise is apparently magic because he can he can scuff a pistol with the toe of his shoe while it's buried in sand and then just shoots straight up into the goddamn air to head level. I can't remember a single frame of that movie. <sighs> well, don't. The, it, it, it would be better for all of us if we continue to forget as many frames as possible from that movie and refocus on quantum leap. That's because good. Any, any given episode of quantum leap is going to be better than mission impossible too. Now I want to talk about a trope we get here, uh, in this episode. Okay. Um, is this a television trope or is this a quantum leap trope? Both, both. Uh, he's going to sing. Oh yes. Yes, indeed. I bet it's Valare, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Ah, yeah. Now, this <laughs> oh, is great. Cause, oh, 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 Because oh. Uh, oh, uh, as we're recording, I'm playing the episode uh, as purchased from iTunes. Uh, and it has subtitles. It has captioning on. And uh, this is great because it's, it's pulling up the words for me as he's singing along. But they've got it all wrong. It's they. It doesn't say Valero. They've put Vallevo. Del Sol... <laughs> Yeah, it's it's like I've tried to put the subtitles in. 
rather than someone who actually knows what the words to the song are. There's <laughs> someone who doesn't know the words and who doesn't speak Italian. Uh, it's it's probably close to this. Hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's odd. So they make him sing. We're going to see Sam sing on a number of other occasions. Uh, and to the to the point where there is a sound, uh, Quantum Leap soundtrack album, which mm-hmm. I have. It's available on iTunes and probably all good I, record stores. If I think can. I have that too. Somewhere. You think you have it? I think I have it in my iTunes somewhere. I listen to it all the time. It's it's wonderful. I'm just going to bring it up. Uh, where are we here? Quantum Leap. Quantum Leap uh, album. Yeah. Please don't play it. Thank you, iTunes. It's got it's got the the beginning music on, and the main theme. It's got the great song "Somewhere in the Night," sung by Scott Bakula and uh, some woman, <laughs> someone who is less important, for all, she is not Scott Bakula. Yeah, all the the Elvis stuff. It's got "Imagine," where his sister starts crying halfway through. They don't include that. That would be fucked up. The alphabet rap song. Oh no! Yeah! No! Yeah! Oh no! Because they thought, uh, let's have Al rap. That's uh, li- listeners. We're gonna get to that later, but oh Jesus! Yeah, <laughs> I hate that scene. I can guarantee you that when we get to that episode, I'm going to go. I'm going to fast forward through that scene. I'm gonna watch it. Yeah, I love it. Um. It's, am I right in thinking Scott Bakula is trained in musical theatre? Oh, yes. Quite so. And so it, it's really a case of just let him do his thing. I believe the trope is called star talent. I think yeah, that, 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 that sounds how, right. When you let the, the star do something that's not acting, but they're, they're pretty good at it. Mm-hmm. And this is the first time we see this. It's coming back a lot. Look out this- for Sam singing. Yeah, this would be equivalent to um, Riker plays the trombone. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. We'll just we'll stick it in there. It's a little bit. He really does play the trombone, doesn't he? Yes, he does. Uh, forgotten his real name, Jonathan Frakes. Jonathan Frakes. And I have a picture of him here, ready for framing. I really do. That um, <laughs> I when i th- started thinking about making uh, videos for youtube i started thinking about what should be on my desk and around me and that sort of thing and uh, i have a, a signed photo of jonathan frakes and I, I feel like that should be on my desk in a frame just <laughs> where you where you might ordinarily put a picture of say your family pets a holiday mm-hmm. that sort of thing i i will have a photo of jonathan frakes as commander riker uh, so yeah, Scott Bakula sings in this episode. Um, it is an example in this episode of uh, the character of Sam being painfully awkward because he does not know how to handle himself in this new leap, but um, pulling it off well, or at least you know moderately well. People seem to enjoy his singing, um, and he's. He is letting himself get into the into into character, so to speak, getting into the moment. Um, and it's it's not one hundred percent bumbling his way through in a way that would make any normal person say, "What is wrong with you? Um, something's not right." And then the entire plot is undone. But because this is television in the eighties, you can be 
more awkward than anyone has ever been in history. And people will say, hey, you feeling all right? And yeah. then that's that. That's all there is to it. Yeah. They, yeah. They, they don't pursue it anymore after just asking if you're all right. And the character who is not who they claim to be says, yeah, I'm fine. Okay, well, let's move on. He does get away with that a lot, doesn't he? It never really occurred to me that there's... I, I think it would be very hard to convince you, someone that you are a person. You know what I mean? I, I think that would be a lot harder than we ever give it credit for being uh, mm-hmm. in Quantum Leap. Just, like, th- there are so many things to a person to just take on their body and have everybody think that you're that person. I don't think you get away with that ever. Although, what would people do? Like, honestly, if you, if, right, your wife comes home tonight, you are convinced, yeah, it's, it looks like her. It sounds like her. That's not her. She's, she's somewhat possessed or something, right? Yeah. Who do you call? Rather than the assumption of they're possessed, um, I think it would be more likely that people um, you know, in these various leaps on the show would think, well, that's them, but they're having some type of uh, mental, emotional breakdown. I mean, it's, yeah, it's not like they're the, the classic demonic possession thing. They're not rotating their heads and vomiting pea soup. They're just behaving oddly for them. That's really like, who would you even tell if you thought that was the case? What would you Mm do if someone had leaped into your wife? That sounds (laughs) not the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) If, if someone in the quantum leap sense had leaped into your, and you, you could tell that's, that's not my wife. She doesn't remember when we did X, Y, and Z, whatever that time. And what would you do? You can't, you can't do anything. There's no one can't go to the police Excuse me, police. I think my wife's been leapt into, like on Quantum Leap. <laughs> you you would have to cite the show as an example. Yeah, because you go to the police and say that, and you're spending the night in hospital. <laughs> that Or the drunk tank, or something like that. They'd, they'd just like you up like, I don't know what you've had, mate, but you shouldn't be out tonight. Come on. That kind of thing. English policeman, where you live. Um, uh, so that's... I don't know what you do. He gets away, just gets away with it. Just gets away with it. Always gets away with it and, and pretty easily as well. And their clothes always fit him. Yep. That's, that's, that's another thing that we're going to get into as as the series goes on, because there will be episodes that, uh, that establish it's not his consciousness that leaps into other people. He physically leaps from place to place. But when he gets there, everyone else sees the original, but it is in fact, Sam Beckett's body that is there. I I think that's just an example of how this, as a sci-fi series, it's not overly consistent. Is it? There are, yeah, we, we, many inconsistencies. Yeah. We can't analyze quantum leap in the same way that you could analyze a star Trek or, or, uh, Battlestar Galactica <laughs> or something like that. It, it just well, Star Trek was not exactly consistent itself. That's true, but at least at least with Star Trek, they acknowledge and attempt to explain away, however shoddily, some of those inconsistencies. S- uh, some of them. 
Yes, and, but and I, I will for, I will forever refuse to forgive Voyager for the for the infinite supply of shuttlecraft on board Voyager. That's very true. Um, they lost a shuttle every second episode. But I mean, at least with with that, you know, you're looking at con- keeping consistency over a fifty year period, over four tele five television series, over a number of movies made over a number of decades starring various different casts. Stuff's going to crop up, but quantum leap, that was just five seasons of TV. That was it. That was all you had to keep track of. You know, um, we, it's the sort of thing that doesn't happen in more modern television. These days, the people who make the television shows know that fans are going to pay close enough attention and they're going to, have the ability and the inclination to rewatch things so often that you have to be consistent or else the viewers, the fans are going to call you out on it. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, it, I think it's an example of how the internet has maybe changed things. The fact that we can look for all these inconsistencies, inconsistencies and show them to people. And the fact that this content isn't weekly on TV anymore. It's on DVD. You can just sit and watch it all. Mm-hmm. I, I always spot things like that when you sort of uh, binging a series. You, you start to notice things like, oh, they're back on the holodeck again. Or, you know, stuff that crops up time and time again and the inconsistencies. And you have to remind yourself, it ordinarily wasn't a problem because it went out once a week on TV and then it was gone. It was just gone. It, it I... I we can't ever explain that enough to people who are listening now, both the people who live through it, who, who just need to be reminded of it. And people who, who were born after like the year 2000 and never experienced this, right? This episode aired on 21st of April, 1989. Okay. Probably in America, probably a different day in the UK. It doesn't matter, but that's when it aired. If you weren't sat in front of the TV, then it went away forever. That At was- least until the summer. Yeah, and and even then, you couldn't really count on a... With, with reruns, sometimes they show them in order, sometimes you've come in too late, sometimes they're just a random episode. You know? I'm sorry, I'm laughing at the fact that it occurs to me that the people who, who require an explanation for the concept of you miss the show, you don't get to see it again, they're also not going to understand the concept of summer reruns. Yeah, that's that's something else. That's true. That's when they decide that we're not really watching anything over the summer, so they don't really put anything on. Mm-hmm. But once upon a time, the the television season would start in the autumn. There would be no mid season break, mid season finale, uh, mid season hiatus. None of that. What is you that about? In, by the way, that's a new thing. I don't, I don't, I don't know thing. where it began. I don't know where it began. It just started creeping in and now everyone does it. But it used to be the season starts in the autumn and it will proceed uh, uninterrupted until the spring. It will proceed for approximately 26 weeks with the occasional week off for a holiday or something. And then after those 26 weeks are done, you have the other half a year from that time in the spring until the following autumn when the next season begins, where no new content is being produced and put out on television. So all you had to choose from was 
the same show, the same season that you just watched being aired again over the summer in what was called rerun season. Which would give you a chance to go and watch reruns of the show that you didn't watch first time around because you're too busy watching the show that you preferred the first time around. Or you wait and every week you sit down and you watch the episode and then if you say, I saw this one already, then you can move on. But if you had missed an episode initially, then you have to check every week until you find an episode that you didn't see and then you sit down and watch it. Which wasn't quite so bad because back then serialized television was not as common as it is today. Yeah, there were more Meaning, many one-off episodes. Right. They, they were they were all, you know, a self-contained story, so you can air the season out of order later in syndication, and you're okay. You don't have a season-long storyline that you have to follow like you do with almost all television these days. Certainly every big-name TV show is not just single self-contained episodes anymore. I'm struggling mm-hmm. to think of one. There might be. This is the kind of thing where there's like loads. You, my brain just trips over and doesn't really register any. Um, Perhaps sitcoms. Now, I've never sat down to watch an episode of Modern Family, but I get the feeling there's probably not a whole lot of. And there, there yeah. might be long ongoing storylines, but I actually no. But, but, I, I would say that of all of the sitcoms that I generally watch, Modern Family is is quite well self-contained. Big Bang Theory has creeped in little sort of overarching plot lines, that sort of thing. Um, then there's Family Guy, which resets at the end of every episode, right? Of course. Um, but Futurama, of course, would do the same thing. Um, you know, a, a few a few story threads or story elements that might show up um, as time goes on, but it's not one long story being told over, uh, you know, 26 episodes. Yeah. Um, it, it wasn't always that way, children. There's no doubt that, you know, again, this is Netflix and the internet changing the way we watch things. I, I think they could go further with it, you know, especially on Netflix's own made seasons. You know, why break it into, uh, like, each thing doesn't need to be as self-contained as they make it. They put an opening credits on every episode. Assume that I'm not going to need to watch the opening credits of every episode of Orange mm-hmm. is the New Black. Just show it on the first one, maybe. You know? I, I was noticing that as I was watching Jessica Jones. I kept saying to myself, okay, the opening title sequence was great. It's visually impressive, but I've seen it once already, which means I don't need to see it another 12 times. And especially when it's content that they've produced themselves, and I know they have the ability to jump you beyond to a certain time code, because mm-hmm. I've seen it happen. You watch Family Guy, which always has the same length opening sequence from the start. If you just let it click over onto the next episode on Netflix, it will skip the opening credits. Right, but this is provided that the show does not have a cold open. If any show has a cold open, then you have to wade through the, the credits whenever they start. Yeah. It scuppers it if it has a cold open. See, this this is a good idea, and, and they should start listening to us a little bit more often. Netflix, if you're making your own show, you don't need to put the credits in front of every episode. You, you, you just don't have to do it. You don't have to do it. You can tell – you don't even have to have a, a clearly defined beginning, middle, and end to every episode. Just have – 
one episode that's 13 hours long and then just break it up into 13 chapters. Yeah, I was going to suggest that as well myself. You know, I think it's because, you know, these these things are available in other places. Like, you can buy House of Cards on Blu-ray and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Um, and maybe they want it to be structured like a television show for the purposes of resale and showing mm-hmm. it in places other than Netflix. But maybe make a second edit of it for that. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just suggesting why don't you double your editing costs right there just for the sake <laughs> of appeasing us on the internet. So I don't have to fast forward that 30-second opening credit sequence um but you know what opening credit sequence i do not go through quantum leap quantum leap because uh, the theme song is brilliant <laughs> well i'm singing along with it <laughs> yeah you just make noises along with it it's great yeah it's, you, you can't go through this, that song without making the electric guitar sound with your with your lips and teeth <laughs> you're always doing <laughs> yeah exactly um do you know what I'm figuring out about this episode of Quantum Leap? I don't think it's really very good. Mm, yeah. I, we're, I filling, off- we're filling this episode with, with garbage because there's nothing to say about this episode of Quantum Leap. Yeah, n- not, not a whole lot. It's a lot of uh, Italian-American mafioso stereotypes. Um, yeah. And, and the story itself is is fairly straightforward. <clears throat> um, it unfolds about as you would expect, especially uh, we modern viewers. We're going to see all the major beats of the story. We know how it's going to play out. We do indeed. Um, we we know it ends well, as all Quantum Leap episodes do. Well, the, the, the one thing I did they? like about this one, the, the unpredictable, like the twist in this episode, and twists were not a given uh, back when this was originally being made. You know, these days you can expect a a final act twist um you know going into a commercial break they're gonna throw something at you that makes you go whoa and then you have to wait for the commercial to be over to see it and the flash is excellent at that um and basically all the 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 cw uh dc comic shows will always hit you with something near the end of the episode that's gonna um uh, confound your expectations of the story at least they're gonna try they don't always succeed but they'll try quantum leap no, you're not going to be surprised by anything in the story, uh, except for you know the occasional exception. In this episode, it was the attempt to leap Sam back home that causes him to uh, switch bodies in the same situation. And this is something we had not seen before. He was in Frankie. Ziggy tries to leap him home. It doesn't work. And instead of going home and instead of leaping back into Frankie, Sam jumps from Frankie to Don Gino conveniently because that's exactly what the plot needed in order for him to uh, make it out alive. It is a nice little twist. I like it. They play around with that on occasion. And this is the first kind of attempt at it. And it it works out. All right. Mm -hmm. I'm on board with it. I, I like when that sort of thing happens because while the week to week, uh, you know, morality play happens in each episode, that's all well and good, but I am more interested in Sam's storyline and the um, the Project Quantum Leap storyline in the quote-unquote future, the future of um, LED lights and neon. I, I want to know how that 
plays out. I, I am invested in Sam getting home. And I know it's going to take five seasons for them to try to work that out, but I'm invested in that story. So anything that ties in with that, for example, an attempt to bring him home that caused him to leap into someone else, that sort of thing interests me. Whether or not he's going to be able to uh, convince the Mafia Don not to shoot him, less exciting for me. Because well, we know how it's going to turn out. Exactly. Yeah. It's episode six. Sam's going to be killed. That's it. And of course not. <laughs> of course not. He, he's going to get out of it in a jolly jovial kind of way. And it will all be fine and he'll leap and it'll be great. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's about it, it, it's about getting time to see Al work with Sam. It, it, it's it's all about getting that relationship on screen. That's That's the heart of Quantum Leap. Where they are and what they're doing kind of doesn't matter. Yeah. We we like seeing Al do fun things where he's helping. So in this one, we've got the singing bit where Al's prompting him with the words and singing along and that sort of thing. I'm reminded of, gosh, there's one where Sam's a rabbi and has to dance and, and speak. Is it Yiddish? Yes. And I think Al helps him there. And there's lots of other occasions as well. Oh, we've already seen the boxing, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and eventually we will get to the episode where Al is helping Sam play pool. Yes, of course, with the lines on the table and stuff. <laughs> um, and, and so, do you know what? While I, while I don't think there's a lot specific about this episode to, to say, um, it, it's a fun one to watch. It's not a bad episode by any means mm-hmm. at all. This is this is Quantum Leap by the numbers, and it's nice. It, it struck me as, I, I think, more than most of the episodes that we've covered already, all five of them, this is possibly the best example we've gotten so far of your average standard Quantum Leap episode. You got the putting right what once went wrong story. You have a little bit of... Sam and Project Quantum Leap story. You have good Sam and Al uh, uh, dynamic. You have good Sam and Al back and forth. Um, and you have a good performance by Scott Bakula. Absolutely. These are all things that, that you want to expect from every episode. Some will exceed it. Some will uh, fail to live up to this mark. But this is that good median range. This is how it should be. Um, you don't have, for example... Al being completely unhelpful to Sam the entire episode too concerned with um, trying to make up with Tina and then literally walking out on Sam while he is in a, in a tight spot that happened before in how the test was won. And I hated Al in that episode in this episode, he's very helpful and that's what I like. They do. This is how it's supposed to be. Yeah. They, I remember now I, I agree that, you know, I didn't like Al in, in that episode as well. Um, I think they do a good job of not letting that really happen again um, mm-hmm. until the, the what I affectionately refer to as the Stephen King episode, uh, which isn't <laughs> really a Stephen King episode any more than when the test was one was a Buddy Holly episode. But, <laughs> you know, in exactly the same... Oh, God, you see, when we start analysing stuff, we spot stuff like that. It's just, you know... <laughs> Hang on, though, as it plays right now. Holy shit. No way. No way. Mm. No way. Hang on. I'm realizing something. I think. 
Is it? I th- I think they're driving onto the street in the burbs. I'm quite I'm quite serious. I I th- whereas I'm going back to the IMDb. I want I want shooting locations. Damn it! Is this a universal show? Um, no. I I'm pretty sure this was NBC. Filming locations. Oh wait, M- MB- I think it's NBC Universal. I think. Shit. There are no filming locations listed. I really feel like that's the street from the Burbs. I'm at 33 minutes in, and uh, for those of you who want to jump to the DVD or anything, oh, it so is. <laughs> it so is. That's the oh, it's the Universal lot. I yeah. Oh, now I have to skip to the end credits to see if there's any mention of Universal. Um, it is. It's Universal. There's the Universal logo at the end. It's the same street. There you go. Spotted it. <laughs> Spotted it. Quite pleased with myself there. Totally lost my place in where I was looking anyway. Um, what was I going to say? Yeah, when I was talking about, you know, it was... Uh, words richard prepare your words and then let them come <laughs> this there's things i want to get out and that they're not ready um talking about uh it's not a bad episode there's but there's nothing to talk about i kind of feel like is is that giving this episode a bad rap are we you know is that us slacking but there isn't much and the trouble is with the show is that its peaks are so high compared to its average sort of, not the trough, but, you know, where it would sort of sit, its average show. Um, the, the, there are a lot more quantum leap... Well, what am I trying to say? It, it, when As we count up the unmissable episodes of Quantum Leap, there mm-hmm. are going to be significantly fewer of them than in, say the first five seasons of the X-Files or the first five seasons of Star Trek The Next Generation. I I think with this show, there are a lot more average, nice, fine, C-grade, perfectly satisfactory episodes and far fewer sort of five out of fives. Um, Unlike other sort of perhaps more, more popular shows, Mm-hmm. Like the Exiles, I mean, we, we're Quantum Leap fans, but I don't think it's a show that has uh, stood up to time as well as others have. No one's talking about an, a Quantum Leap revival or doing a movie, or <laughs> except except for us, except for us. You know, no one. Go, go back to go back to episode two, listeners. If you if you haven't yet, yeah. Uh, but no, no one who could do anything about it is ever talking about that. Um, it, it's not, uh, you know, it, 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 there are a lot much more just purely average, but perfectly fine episodes. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I hate it when I say that something's satisfactory because that sounds like it's not a good thing, but it is, it's, this is fine. It's perfectly okay. Can I sit here and say this, this episode is some of the best television ever? Absolutely not. It isn't, but it's, this is 45 minutes of perfect entertainment. You know, it, it, it's spot on there. Um, 
you know, I think if you watched this episode, if you were watching through all of Quantum Leap and what and got to this one, which you will pretty early on, obviously, um, you're not going to finish this and and criticize it at all, really. Not not really. We will because it's our job on this show, but. Well, um, we're not even after- re- really analyzing it in that much detail because it would. Se- I honestly think it would feel petty. It, it would be like pulling it apart for the sake of pulling it apart. Yeah, we'd be looking for things to uh, to criticize or or to speak poorly of. Yeah, um, because it, it's overall there's not a whole lot wrong with this episode. It's not mind blowing, but it's also not bad. And interestingly enough, I just. Uh, read this on the quantum leap uh, wiki page for this episode. This episode was the first to be filmed after the pilot. Okay. So as a crew and as an actor, this, you know, still getting into it. Mm -hmm. Uh, This isn't six weeks down the line or anything like that. Okay. Makes sense. And uh, apparently the reason it was not broadcast in the order that it was filmed is, um, Don Belisario was concerned that the double leap in this episode would confuse viewers so early in the series. So we pushed it back. Okay. Well, yeah, actually I, before you start messing with how leaping works, establish some leaping. I'm kind of, mm-hmm. I, I, I can see that, that, that makes I, sense. I th- if you wanted to keep it as close to the front as possible, then I would have probably chosen um, how the test was won. Put that in after the pilot, and then put in this one, and then throw in whatever you want after that. Because how the test was won is a fine example of it's another really good example of a standard leap. You get there, you do your thing, you leave without a whole lot of extra stuff thrown in. It's it, it surprises me that he was concerned this double leap might might put people off. Let's put that later. Okay, well, what are we going to put right after the pilot? Let's have Sam try to change his own personal history. And and uh, keep his wife. <laughs> yeah, I see what you're saying. Like, it would have been much better to just go with a pretty bog standard one. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you there. Maybe that's... <laughs> Although, I, I don't know. It... Yeah, you're right, actually. It would have been much better that way. Oh, well. They've done, they did it the way they did it. You can watch it out of phase anyway. It's yeah, per- Perhaps by the end of our run on this podcast, we will create a new viewing order and tell people uh, what order to view the episodes in. Just, just know that who he leaps into at the end of the episode might not be who he leaps into at the beginning of the next episode if you watch it in the order that we tell you to. Hey, you could watch it in the order it was released and that might not necessarily be guaranteed. <laughs> That's true. You know, uh, so uh, it, it's, we'll get that at the end of the season. Yeah, we will indeed. God, I forgot it happens that early. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but of course, that's where it happens. Makes sense. Yep. Uh, season two begins with uh, someone other than who we saw him leap into it at the end of season one. But hey, across the across the seasons, we let it go. That one. Yeah, we just let it go. It's fine. This is back in back in the days when you had the entire summer to forget what happened the previous season. <laughs> exactly, unless you'd watched it on the reruns, of course. So uh, yeah, nah, reruns. summer reruns. Not having, how did do, do you how remember, did we survive? I know. Do you remember though having summer? Like it would get to summer, 
and all you had to do was enjoy summer. And now it gets to summer, and all you have to do is the same shit you did in the winter. Mm-hmm. I, I just remember summers and what that felt like. And it, it, If you want to make it even harder on yourself, get to summer, have to do the same thing that you do in the winter and the fall and the springtime, have your summer be no different than the rest of the year, but spend the entire summer watching a, 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 a young child, nine, ten years old, living a completely different life than he lives the rest of the year and knowing that you don't get to do that. <laughs> Damn those children. <laughs> you will find yourself biting your tongue because you're going to want to say, stop having fun. Summer is no different than the rest of the year. You're supposed to be working hard and unhappy all the time, yeah. like you are the rest of the year. You think you get time off just because the that. weather's nice? <laughs> right. <laughs> just because it's nice out, you, you get to go and appreciate that? No. No. <laughs> go to your room. Do you realize that the only reason you don't have school is because the school year was devised back in the days when children needed the summer off so they could work on their farms? With that in mind, I have an interesting job for you this summer. There you go. Your mother always said she wanted a garden. Guess what you get to do. <laughs> there you go. Anyway, I think we should call time on this. I, I yeah. think we should we should put this one to bed and uh, that sort of thing. I have a lot of editing to do on this one. Uh, all that talk about buying weed should probably go. <laughs> Maybe so. Yeah. Um. So uh, there you go. That's a brief sort of look at Quantum Leap Double Identity. We sort of some of these just a conversation based around the episode, aren't they? Uh, yeah, we, we use the show as inspiration for whatever else we want to talk about. There will be episodes of Quantum Leap where we spend more of the episode discussing the episode. This is not one of those times. That's very true. We could play the whole thing through and do a commentary and just make sarcastic comments about it as we do it as well. But I don't think that has any value as such. And it's annoying and difficult to do in actual fact. So uh, they're, they're not as easy as one would think. But perhaps we can find like really great episodes that we want to do a commentary about and make that a special, like a bonus episode. Yeah, as opposed to making it an easy get out episode like we tend to on Make It So. <laughs> let's just do a commentary we're going to sit and watch Quantum. we're going to sit and watch Star Trek anyway yeah okay that's what we do so thank you for listening everybody look out for more episodes of Remote Patrol oh boy and don't forget to check out Remote Patrol Trust No One about the X-Files or in fact the original Remote Patrol which has had episodes on both Quantum Leap and the X-Files as well as many other weird weird shows uh like say yes to the dress, which I ever see, if I ever see again, I'm, I'm just going to just cry. I think. <laughs> I think that, that's 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 the thing. Just start crying, and maybe it will stop. Uh, maybe I'll just be told to leave the room. I think that, <laughs> that's also a possibility. So I'll look out for that. Okay, later, everybody. Bye bye. <laughs>